0: You're listening to WERALP Arlington, 96.7 FM, and this is The Melting Pot, where we learn about Arlington through what people eat. I'm your host, Mel Chang. Can you tell me what you're eating?
1: Beans, broccoli, and this one. Oh my goodness. It's
0: like a vegan fish patty. Yeah, vegan fish thing, yeah. That's Elaney, an Arlington senior citizen of Ethiopian descent. We met at the Social 60 Plus Cafe, a program at community centers across the county, which provide a hot meal every weekday for county residents age 60 and up. How often do you come to the senior center to eat lunch? Uh, Three days, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday. Yeah, I'm working, exercise. I come at 10 o'clock. I stay until after lunch I'll go home. It's really nice. I like it to be here. What's your favorite meal that they serve here? Yeah, I enjoy everything. Sometimes when I now I'm vegan for two months. I'm fasting until Easter. Otherwise, it's, everything is nice now. You know what? It's very nice. We had vegetable uh,
2: and everything. Sometimes pasta.
0: No, it's not always
2: good, but most of it it's really nice and healthy food. Yeah, it's really healthy food.
0: I like it, let me tell you. I wanted to learn more about programs like this that feed older residents who might have a harder time cooking a healthy meal for themselves. So in addition to learning more about this cafe, you'll hear my interview with Arlington's Meals on Wheels. But today's episode is as much about the meals as it is about the people serving them. Elaine wanted me to tell you that the staff here is very kind and hospitable, something she really appreciates as a 60-plus cafe customer. To find out more about the cafe, I spoke with
2: Lauren Brooks, who manages this program. It's a cafe program that's a partnership between Department of Parks and Recreation and Department of Human Services Area Agency on Aging. It's designed to help older individuals remain independent and evolved in their community by providing nutritious meals, transportation to centers, and a variety of programs once they arrive at the centers. Um, So
0: I guess what's the value? Why is this important to Arlington?
2: It helps reduce hunger and food insecurity among older adults. It promotes socialization and reduces social isolation. Um, It also just promotes health and well-being through a variety of like health and wellness programs that we offer and the dietitian created menu of meals that people get to take part in five days a week.
0: So is the purpose then more because um, an affordability issue of being able to live here and to be able to take care of yourself or is it more for a social component that is missing?
2: I would say it's both and I wouldn't know how to slice the percentage of what number of people would say they come for one reason or the other. There's definitely people in our program that do receive Arlington food assistance uh, from AFAC and um, a number of people that just come for the social interaction. We do have participants that don't actually eat the meals sometimes. They just come to play games and hang out. So how many people are you serving? Across all three of our nutrition programs, it's around 125 active participants. And this is one of our bigger sites with about 50 people that are active. Again, not everyone comes every day, but on the busiest days we have around 50 here. And there's a
0: meal available every weekday, every day of the week? Every weekday. Okay, every weekday, including holidays,
2: or how does that work out? If the county is open, we will be open. So for Christmas we're closed, there's no meal kind of thing. And you were mentioning that it has grown in recent years. Is that the case, and why do you think that is? We uh, switched food vendors last year, and the accolades that the new food vendor has received, even the smells in the hallways, the staff will comment on how delicious the food smells. And the seniors who were here before, I think may have spread the word and said, this is delicious food, it's a great program. Bring your friends. I was also curious, is the number of seniors in our county growing too? Is there more of a demand? I think that could be part of it. I haven't seen the data on that, but we know baby boomers are one of the fastest growing demographics in the country. I assume that must be true in Arlington, which is one of the top places to retire. I do know that. Even though it is an expensive place to live, there's a lot of things like the senior centers to draw the aging population to move to a place like this with so many services available. Who is eligible then to come to a cafe program like this? The only requirements are that you be a resident of Arlington and that you be 60 years of age or older. If we reach capacity, which hasn't been in discussion yet because we have a lot more room to grow, we would have to start taking income into more consideration, but right now that's not given preference since there's space for all. And how much does it cost for seniors to eat here? It's donation-based, so whatever you can give, if you can
0: give. So what's on the menu, and how is the menu
2: created? Today, you're in luck. You get to witness meatloaf with gravy, a whole-grain roll, collard greens, whipped potatoes, cantaloupe, and milk. And does the vendor sort of just kind of decide in creating the menu? So we have um, a dietitian on staff at the health department that helps um, scrub the menus and the vendor actually has a dietitian on staff. We have two sets of eyes making sure that the dietary guidelines for Americans are met and provide at least a third of the daily dietary reference intake.
0: Do the seniors themselves get any input or do they give feedback?
2: I'm sure they give you feedback. Oh yes. <laughs> And that often, like, we want to give them the meals that they enjoy. So some of our most popular are pretty much anything that involves chicken. They like the oven-baked chicken legs, chicken supreme, chicken fried steak. Um, We introduced soups during the winter, and there were some soups that were very popular. So as we hear yay or nay, those get re...
0: Either added or taken out. Yes.
2: So are there
0: special dietary concerns that you have to consider for the, the group that you're serving?
2: Yes, this site, in fact, has a large Ethiopian population, and a lot of them have scheduled fasting. So I think that entails that they don't eat any meat, so we order vegan meals for them on the days that they don't eat the regular.
0: Well, well, I was wondering, for maybe seniors, do they have to, if they're watching their blood pressure,
2: do you have to consider, like, low-salt items, or maybe sugar, like, that for diabetes and that? And for the most part, I think, I don't know the exact sodium percentages in each of the meals, but that's another piece of it, that the food is fresh and not as processed as, you know, stuff from a can or stuff that's frozen. So I've noticed that
0: the seating, you sort of have this communal round table. Do people like that kind of situation? Does it encourage dialogue or do people come already knowing people? How does that, what's the sort of
2: social ambiance of the room? So people self-select where they sit. The design of the room has just always been this way. Um, it's ADA compliant. I think some people know each other before coming to the program and they join together, but definitely it's sit where you want and make friends if you want.
0: What other programming do you offer here at the community center?
2: It's hundreds of programs a month. It, from nine to five, the center is just nonstop okay. activities. Everything from fitness classes to nutrition education classes, um, games physical activity that's drop-in, different lectures from service providers that might be of interest to the aging population, arts programs, social programs, live entertainment, monthly trips, disease prevention programs, foreign language, ESL classes, educational classes, everything from history to fraud prevention, card games, music programs, and social clubs. If people have an interest in doing something that they love, you can start a club. How do people
0: usually hear about you? Do they get referred by the county or their posters? Like what
2: I'm, I'm thinking the group that you're attracting is not really on social media. That's true. <laughs> Some people are referred to our programs. If they're at high risk for you know social isolation or uh, nutrition, malnutrition, they can be referred from DHS. If they see an interest from the flyer I gave to you or through our 55 plus guide. We're just word of mouth. We have a website. Again, maybe they're not seeing that as much as the youth will see it, but often family members will see it and refer an aging parent. How do they get here? We provide a transportation service that's also funded the way our meals are funded. We will pick them up at their house through a taxi service and drop them off at their house after the program is finished. Uh, We also have people that walk here, take the bus here, drive here.
0: So it's a fair mix. And are most of the seniors coming here living by themselves or
2: where do they, where are they coming from? I would say that's a, that's a huge mix too. We have Claridge House. So it's like a not assisted living, retirement home. Okay. And we actually have a, we have so many people from there that we have a shuttle bus that brings them here. And then we have people that live with their families or people that do live in a home alone. So it's a mix. What sort of fruit have you seen born
0: out of this program,
2: especially this, this eating area? Definitely, we, ha- we get the warm, fuzzy, anecdotal stories of family members calling and singing the praises of the program and talking about what a difference they've seen in their parent or their loved one from just like a socially active place or just an improvement in their quality of life through just having these interactions and having, you know, something to do during the day. I think it does a ton for seniors. I can't say enough great things about this program and our dedicated staff who just, I've only been in this position about a year and my first impression was just how passionate the staff are about working with seniors and improving their lives and caring about their health and caring about their well-being and that's reflected in every aspect of the program that we provide. Lauren, thank you so much for talking to me. Thank you.
0: Coming up, the volunteer organization that provides meals for older adults who can't get to the community center. My conversation with Arlington's Meals on Wheels is next. Meals on Wheels has a staff of about 300 volunteers that delivers hot, healthy meals to homebound residents across the county. That means every weekday, there are at least 17 volunteer drivers taking time out of the middle of their day to make this happen. I sat down with Nancy Bennett, who's the president of the board of managers of Arlington's Meals on Wheels, in the studio to learn more.
1: Well, Meals on Wheels is a program that delivers ready-to-eat meals to homebound people, very simply.
0: And why does such a program exist in Arlington?
1: Well, it got started in the United States, we think in Philadelphia in the 1950s, and more areas heard about it and began to independently provide meals. And the federal government uh, provided funding support in the mid-1960s. The Meals on Wheels program in Arlington began in January of 1971, and it was begun by Church Women United of Arlington and Service League of Northern Virginia. Uh, seeing a need to deliver meals to homebound people. And in the first year, we served Arlington, McLean, Annandale, and Falls Church. And now we only serve Arlington.
0: Are there a lot of homebound people in this area? Even today where you have like, you know, the internet? I mean, I guess I'm wondering how many people are you serving? What's the sort of demand for this?
1: Well, we certainly probably are not serving all the homebound people, but we're serving, uh, right now we're serving about 160 clients per week. Okay. Uh, That's the latest count. We really don't know what proportion that is of the homebound people, but it is certainly people who cannot secure food on their own. The major eligibility factor is if you're homebound and because of illness, age, or other distress, mental illness maybe in some cases, You're confined, and you cannot secure food for yourself, and there's no one there to buy you food and make food for you. And that's it. I mean, most of our clients are older, but not all of them are older. Okay. Is there an income requirement when you said that you couldn't secure food?
0: Does that mean that you have to be under a certain income to receive the service?
1: To receive a subsidy, you do. Okay. But to receive the food, you do not. We have many clients who pay On their own, they receive no subsidy. I'd say about 20% of our clients, or 15 to 20% of our clients pay the full amount.
0: How long do clients typically get the meals then? Is it like a short-term arrangement where they get it for a week? What's the frequency of delivery, I guess, for typical clients?
1: We have had some clients who have been receiving meals for years, but we deliver meals five days a week, uh, two meals a day, five days a week, Monday through Friday. Most of our clients are long-term clients. We do have some clients who are in rehab and just can't get around, and they'll sign them for maybe a few weeks or a month or two. But most of our clients are long-term clients. And
0: is that 160 number the cap, or is there a cap to how many people? No, there's there's
1: not a cap. Oh,
0: okay. Oh, wow.
1: So, well, there might be a cap on what we can get volunteers to serve we do have to always seek for volunteers seek volunteers but no there is no cap
0: and it is completely delivered by volunteers i mean yes. this is a volunteer yes, organization it is. it is everyone
1: yes wow everyone is a volunteer we do have in our organization we have two contract employees they receive basically a stipend one is a person who answers our phone and as another person is the person who coordinates the volunteers, who advertises for them and trains them. But otherwise, everyone is a volunteer.
0: How do people get involved with this? Why, why did you start volunteering?
1: Well, I had recently retired and was looking for things to do in the community. My church uh, has a team of people who delivers Meals and Wheels. And so somebody from the church said, well, can you be in our team to deliver? And that's how I got started.
0: Are most of the volunteers, like? how do they have the time in the middle of the day to deliver these meals usually?
1: Well, a number of our volunteers, I'd say most of the volunteers are retired, but not all of them. There are some people who work from home and they just carve out a little bit of time during their lunch period to deliver. So it varies. I mean, we do have some younger people, but uh, most of them are, are not working at this point. There are some organizations Workplace that encourage volunteering and who will give their employees time off to do this
0: So uh, I think our listeners would be particularly interested in what's delivered Can you kind of describe what what comes to each? uh, Client each day.
1: Well, every client will get a hot meal and a cold meal today They got uh, a beef dish. It's a South American beef dish uh, with rice broccoli And there were oranges. And the cold meal was a turkey and cheese sandwich, black bean salad, and German potato salad. Each client gets a choice of two beverages. They can either have two milks, two juices, or a milk and a juice. And the idea is that that would sustain them for both lunch and dinner for the day. Right, right. And it's a generous amount. If you've seen the meals, uh, some of these folks, you know, don't eat a lot, and they can save some of that. If they get a muffin, they may save it to breakfast, whatever. It's a generous amount of food.
0: What about if there's special dietary concerns?
1: Unfortunately not. We have people who are diabetic and and ask if we can do diabetic meals. We can't, and they just have to choose from among the food that we give them are no gluten-free, no vegetarian. One thing we do, do not serve is pork products because of many religious constraints about eating pork. So, we do not serve pork products and what looks or tastes like ham will be smor- smoked turkey. So, they can be assured there's no pork products.
0: Yeah. Can we talk a little bit about the kind of the handoff? You know, is it do are the volunteers expected to kind of go in, have a seat or is it just sort of dash, you leave it at the door. What's the sort of um, exchange?
1: Well, generally, we can't leave it at the door. If a client, this the state rules are that if a client is subsidized, and 75% of our clients are, we have to hand the meal to them. So oh, really? we can't leave it at the door. But We will greet the client. We encourage all of our drivers to warmly greet the client every day, but there's really not time to go in and sit down because there are other clients waiting, and we also have somebody back at the distribution point who is waiting for everyone to get back. So we don't ever sit down and chat. At the most, we will come into the house, put the food down, and say, do you need help opening these containers? And that's about it. And, you know, just greet them and wish them a good day. With this service, is there something more that you're
0: giving to people other than the meal? Like, is there a social component or inherently there's going to be a check on a person who may be? Yeah. So can can you talk more about that?
1: Yeah. Well, there is a social component. I mean, even though our interactions are very brief with a client, sometimes it's the only social interaction they have all day. Mm -hmm. So there is that. When you're driving a while and you drive the same route, you'll come to know certain clients. So you'll you know can chat with them just a little bit like, how's your cat?" or whatever. So there is a, a brief social interaction. But you also touched on something else. if if we see something that's disturbing in the client's behavior, or if the client doesn't answer the door, we'll report that, Our drivers will report that back, and we'll check on the client. So there is kind of a safety. Yeah. Uh, aspect to it we we're always keeping an eye on the client to see how they're doing not officially but uh, we know our clients and we know if things are not looking good mm-hmm. and if they're not answering the door and they always do we'll report back and get a family member involved or the county
0: is that partly why people sign up for the service to be eligible you just have to call you right like you right call the website. right Or do people get referred from the county or family members? Like, how does that?
1: Yeah, a combination of all of that. Uh, There are some folks who have county social workers who will advise them to get Meals and Wheels. Sometimes when they're dismissed from the hospital, the hospital will say, why don't you call Meals and Wheels neighbors, family members. The person themselves can self-refer and then we'll talk to them if we think they're eligible for it. Most are. You know, we take most clients.
0: Yeah, I'm curious, just because a lot of people know that Arlington's sort of this young, they might not be as familiar with something like Meals on Wheels and this whole uh-huh. sort of population that maybe is not, you know, going to the bar at Clarendon.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we do have people who can fully pay for this service themselves. You know, they their children are saying, my parents just aren't eating right. Hmm. and even though they have the money to, they're not getting out. There's nobody to come in every day to give them food. This provides them a balanced meal, and they'll try to talk mom or dad into yeah. to getting this service. So, yeah, I mean, we hope more people will know that the service is available in that situation. What are some misconceptions that people have about Meals on Wheels? Well, I think the biggest mi- misconception is around the cost the ability to pay has no bearing on the person's eligibility for the Mm. service, which I just said, you know, somebody in Country Club Hills, if they're able to pay, they're going to get the service if they're homebound and they can't uh, prepare meals on their own. So, and and people with limited income, we ask, the state requires that we ask a contribution. Some people can't even come up with a dollar a week. That's fine. They're, they're going to be subsidized. So I think it's the biggest misconception is around the cost. The second, I think, Meals and Wheels is people think it's only for the elderly, and it mostly is only for the el- elderly. That's who we serve, but if, if there are other people in a situation where they can't prepare food or get their own food and they're homebound, we'll provide meals for them, too. Do you ever get new moms? No. <laughs> no, we do not do new moms. <laughs>
0: I was just curious. I was like, "Wouldn't oh, be a group that I could see
1: needing me?" No, 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 no. Okay. All right. No. Uh, uh, seriously, we do have some younger people who have have mental conditions mm-hmm. where they just are. They they're they're just unable to to get it together to to uh, and they don't leave the house very much.
0: What have you learned
1: about Arlington since you've been doing this? Because you've been doing this for ten years, right? 11. Yeah, I've been doing it for at least ten years. I forget how many mm-hmm. years I've been doing it, but uh, well. That there are people in need throughout the county, Mm -hmm. and it's not always just financial needs. Sometimes, you know, people have all sorts of needs, and we try to serve them if they're homebound. And the second thing is there are a lot of generous people willing to give their time to volunteer. That has been gratifying. We're always looking for people to drive. We, Because of our increase in numbers of clients this year, we just added a new route this week. That means we have to have a new person driving every day. This wow. week, yeah. So we always need volunteers, and we never are 100% full on our routes. We have to call in people who deliver other days and say, can you substitute for this? We don't have anybody to drive that day.
0: Now, my last question is, are you ever able to taste the food yourself? Have you yeah. tasted
1: something? Oh, I do all the time. Okay. <laughs> Sometimes when I'm delivering, if there's food left over, I may take home a lunch. <laughs> because I hope that says something about the food. It is really good. Uh, it, you know, we don't want to waste food, and mostly we'll give it to folks who need it. Maybe uh, there's there's a fellow who comes by and delivers leftover food to the day workers at Sherlington. But sometimes there's food left over, and I'll take it. And, 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 and uh, what's your favorite one that you've tasted? Well, it's not on the menu that often, but I do love their shepherd's pie.
0: Ooh.
1: <laughs> it's really good. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Nancy, thank you so much for sharing this information with us and for the work that you've been doing.
1: You're quite welcome.
0: Links to the Social 60 Plus Cafe and Meals on Wheels can be found on my Facebook page, Arlington Melting Pot. You can find links to my past episodes there, as well as on SoundCloud, MixCloud, Twitter, and iTunes. Special thanks to Cheryl Beversdorf for help with this episode. You can find her show, Aging Matters, right here on WERA, Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Today's show featured the music Phase 1 and Phase 5 by Xylo Zico and Nothing to Lose by the Chromonauts. Thanks for listening to The Melting Pot on Radio Arlington.